Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. That's where I really see that the renewable can be and is going to be the future of our energy needs. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs who are building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Today is episode 119 and it's Tactical Tuesday, a short form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tips, tools, and advice for building your solar business or career. I've been noticing there's an increasing humdrum around drones and their role in asset management and on-site data acquisition, both pre- and post-installation. So thought I'd bring an expert on about this subject to better understand it. I think you'll find the conversation with Lance enlightening and his perspective is particularly useful. At least that's the point of these conversations. I did find it enlightening. So much so that I'm going to host a webinar with Lance and a few other data specialists in the coming weeks. So if you're not subscribed to the mailing list, you'll miss that announcement. You know, you can find this and other Tactical Tuesdays, bifacial and perk modules, flow batteries, and much more archived over at www.mysuncast.com. While you're there, check out our Suncast tribe where you can be a part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. Click on the member button to learn more. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, buckle up for another Tactical Tuesday. Today, we have Lance Lee, and this is an entrepreneur that I've been getting to know lately and have really enjoyed the conversations that he and I have been having around asset management. Lance has studied energy policy at Harvard University. He was a management consultant with Accenture in the energy industry. He has a number of other pieces of paper on the wall that prove how intelligent he is, but we're going to talk today about his company, Aerospec. Now, Aerospec has developed an AI-powered intelligent asset management platform. They leverage data analytics computer vision and drone technology, and we'll talk about what all those mean, but they analyze aerial data to improve inspection efficiency by up to 10x with a juicy DOE grant in his pocket and a fast-growing portfolio already over a gigawatt and a half of solar projects globally. They are challenging the status quo, and they're empowering project owners in their solar asset management. Lance, I hope that wasn't too congratulatory of an intro. Uh, A little bit, just a little bit. Thanks, Nico, (laughs) for the intro. You're very welcome. So, Lance, you are a first-generation immigrant from China. What's that about? Tell me me about moving from China in your early tender years, growing up in the U.S., and how that informed your focus on business. Sure. Well, thanks, Nico. And uh, like you mentioned, I immigrated from China when I was 12, just finished up my elementary school. So I really didn't know anything. And after I came to the U.S., I had the opportunity to really grow an environment that's very uh, encouraging and fostering a critical thinking going through schools, um, at UT, and also my latter graduate schools. And really, it wasn't through until I get into 
my first job at Accenture working energy company, I get to really see the details in terms of how business works. And fortunately, that I was able to witness some of the, a, a major incident that really happened. I don't need to say too much, but I guess the hint is the 2011 McConnell incident where I witnessed an due to the lack of process automation and robotics that we have seen precious life been taken away due to uh, operation that can be done without human intervention. And that's really where I got the idea that something can be done leveraging our really modern day technologies to help some of our process to make safer for people and also more valuable by uh, using, using data to analyze uh, things that we can know in ahead of time avoid these things from happening. Yeah, you worked with some rather important companies and and straight out of undergrad, you know, working at Accenture is a good field to groom your skills and get perspective of how the business industry works. But to that end, you did undergrad at UT Austin. You've got uh, a master's uh, from Harvard and, and now an MBA from Northwestern. You could be doing anything and, and you're well groomed for entrepreneurship with those connections to China and with the education that you have. I mean, I get drones and we'll talk about that. I get the data collection, but why solar and renewables? I think going back to my background where I'm coming from and people probably have seen enough news uh, coming out of China and even before the centuries in U.S. where the pollution that happens, uh, that really hit me early on in my age and I want to do something about it. And that's when when I was at uh, when I was at Harvard, uh, when I was studying energy policy, where I see there's a huge push both from the government side and then from the economy scale, where the solar PV panels, the price is dropping so much that we're seeing a super fast growth in the last decade in the solar integration into our main grid system. That's where I really see that the renewable can be and is going to be the future of our energy needs. And that's really got me really, really excited. I was just talking to a solar expert in China, actually. He told me that five years ago, solar was only constituted about 0.5% of the overall energy mix. And this year is already 7%. And that's 14 times growth in just merely five years. And that's the number that really gave me the confidence. And I think just to be extremely excited to be in this industry that's grown so fast. And then I think it's the right industry to be in. And I think that as we've talked about you and I privately, your connection with China at a personal level is a core part of your differentiation, your ability to understand what's happening at a macro level. I mean, you pointed out the U.S. operating capacity right now is 25 gig. The China operating capacity is 150 gigawatts, right? Like the way that the Asian markets are adopting renewables and not just renewables, but I'll also point out that one of your grad focus was on electric vehicle integration. Your perspective on the markets gives you dramatic insight into how different technologies can be deployed. Let's use that as a springboard to talk about how did the business germinate? How did the idea for Aerospec come about? Sure. I mentioned a little bit early in terms of when I was getting, I was doing my first job, I noticed some of the process automation can be used, but I really didn't know what exactly that was until I was taking a class at Harvard School where my professor, Professor Kareem Lakini, he was doing digital innovation transformations. And I remember he mentioned the technology that's going to bring disruptive uh, forth within the next decade. You know, we talk about like AI, AR, drones. And that's really when I 
got the light bulb in my head where, well, drones and that could be integrated, can it be integrated in the industry that I was in, in the industry that I'm studying in. So back in 2015, I started kind of really looking at application where it was really just about to start the commercial drone application. And, um, and really, we went through quite a few pivots and test the product market fit and the drones integrating with data analytics and AI. That's that came about and we have seen tremendous value and acceptance from the client side using this technology and that's how really the business came about i'll apply the same filter you could be applying drone technology which you've become rather adept at through your time at northwestern to just about any field without going into why you chose solar uh, i'll ask you know you pose you pose a supposition in in an article that i'll link to that there is a status quo and that that status quo sort of deserves to be disrupted within the O&M value chain. So let's talk about what's wrong with the status quo in asset management today for solar, and how do you guys address that? Sure. I appreciate you bring that up. PV Magazine just did an article on our case study on how the business that AI plus drone is disrupting the solar O&M. And it's really about how to use the technology to make this process more efficient. And obviously, before we go into that, we had to understand what is the status quo, like you mentioned. And what we've seen um, as I continue to do my startup is that in the solar industry right now, despite its tremendous amount of growth, we have seen lots of solar sites being built. But as we know, solar business is a very long-term investment process. We're looking at solar projects being operating 30 plus years. And so operating and operations and maintenance is a very critical part of maintaining the performance. And Generally, what we're seeing is that an inspection is a required preventative maintenance process going into it. But as we observe in the field, we're seeing that technicians really uh, using handheld thermal cameras or even using IV curves that takes 10, 15 minutes per stream to do this. And just give you an example that I cited on the case study that a 100 megawatt site will take a two technicians almost 30 days just to go through the checks where the drones and our analytic system can complete the entire site in three days. So mm-hmm. that's where really the efficiency and the value-driven proposition comes from. And our clients being able to test it and realize that that's really what changed their uh, mentality on this. So I want to ask about a couple of uh, specifics to your platform. You develop this. It's not just hardware. It's mostly a software, I guess, play, if you will, whereas some approach asset management and solar from a hardware perspective, first and foremost. Now, is the software that you've created a standalone platform or does it integrate into other platforms like PowerHub and you three megawatts? So you're exactly right on the first point. It's really a data play in this business. And drone is merely a data acquisition tool for us. It could be done with any other data as long as that the aerial data that can come to our platform. Mm-hmm. And we collect a very specific 
aerial visual data and that data itself has tremendous value on its own but more importantly like you mentioned it can it can be integrated with other metadata such as the data that's been managed by softwares like PowerHub, you know with uh, weather data with the SCADA data with the inverter data that can really give a comprehensive picture in terms of the condition of performance and and, and where if something goes wrong where exactly almost down to the cell level that we can see what's going on and track that performance hey solar warrior i have a question do you feel like sometimes you are bringing a knife to a gunfight i talk to a lot of salespeople. i even talk to engineers in this industry and sometimes sometimes they're feeling stuck they're feeling like they're still in the stone age or as i mentioned they're showing up to the battle ill-prepared you know, according to Enact CEO Deep Chakraborty, there are still thousands of installers out there using CAD programs and Excel to make critical design and sales decisions. And some of you unwitting sales managers and owners are forcing your sales teams to wait, sometimes days on end, till their engineering counterparts can get back to them with a design. Can we stop the madness already and empower your sales team and your engineering team with simple productivity and accuracy? My friends at Helioscope created a software program to help you get through design faster and easier. 3D design, rapid proposals, bankable simulations, one-click sharing, heck, even integrations with Energy Toolbase. The list goes on. You know, it's hard for me to believe that you're listening to this and you're not actually using Helioscope already. But to cover my bases, Paul has agreed that for Suncast listeners, you can get a not 30, but 60-day trial. That's right. Extend your free trial for an additional 30 days. All you got to do is email Paul or Knut after you sign up for your free trial of Helioscope, the fast, easy, and bankable way you and your sales team should be doing all your solar design. Sign up for your free trial at helioscope.com and email after you are all signed up and they'll give you that extension. Hey, we're halfway through this interview and I really hope that you're enjoying it. You know, if you're still on the fence about joining my Suncast tribe, you might be interested to know that this recording with Adam James actually took nearly two hours. And since my good buddy Tristan told me that I really should try to keep these under an hour, I've decided that when I do go over from now on with these episodes, like I did with Adam, and I'll no doubt do with others, I'll just post it up as extra content to my tribe members in the exclusive area for my inner circle to enjoy. Things like his thoughts on leaving Tesla and his answers to the hot or hype segment had to get left on the cutting room floor. I'm sorry for that. He even turned the tables on me. He made me cry a little. If you'd like to check that out, or if you just want to drop a little contribution in my virtual tip jar, you can head over to mysuncast.com forward slash member and learn more. I'll see you in the tribe. The term I use, the technical term is computer vision. And I admit, I have no idea what that means. Can you help me understand that? Of course, of course. So to understand computer vision, I think I can make a very vivid analogy before that. So let's just talk about vision. So currently uh, we have seen companies just using drones to collect the data and then using their eyes, trained eyes to go through the gigabytes of hours, hours of data to see from the computer image in terms of what's what's wrong with the um, with the solar panel, 
and that's fine but that takes a long time and 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 i have done it i admit that it really hurt in my eyes so what computer vision is is that we want to train the computer program to learn about how we have identified these anomalies such as hotspots or dial failures or string failures. And so we gave them a training model so they learn that what the, each of those anomalies look like so that we don't have to go through the hours, hours of data, but the computer will process it in minutes rather than for us hours or even days and with really high accuracy. So that's what really computer vision is. And is this post-processing or real-time? Uh, this is near real time. And as we continue to refine our process, some of uh, some of our clients have actually requested to have real time processing, which is including us to develop an embedded system that basically putting a computer on a drone to make the drone smarter as it acquires the data that it can process on board and then it sends the result back. That is definitely an achievable goal. I could totally see how that would be a real game changer and would provide leverage for the crew that's in the field in that moment. Which brings me to another point. There is the the question of, from your value proposition, I understand that sort of speed to delivery, delivery being delivery of the data, is one of the key pieces. But I'll let you uh, address, like, how does your value proposition differ in terms of empowering a site operator to collect data quickly? Sure, sure. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. And and really, we wouldn't be able to know the entire process well us being on site, side by side with a few technicians learning the process. And what we learned is that in the O&M, one of the really high costs is actually truck rolls. What that means is that the time and expense to send technicians out in the field to do either preventative or corrective maintenance. So what we got requests from our client is that how can we inspect and also doing corrective maintenance on our site without spending multiple truck rolls. We're talking about like thousands of dollars spending per truck rolls. So just to pause for a second, so presumably then the way it was done in the past is you'd send guys out, they would do their typical inspections, they would bring data back to the office or they would identify a problem and they would then go back to the office, get what they needed and come back out and fix it a day or two later. Exactly, or even not even a day or two, maybe, or maybe a week much later. later. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Sure. Exactly. So what we're enabling is that with that in mind, what this technology enables is that, give you an example, with on a five megawatt site with our technology, we can actually give the report after the data being collected from the drone that exactly pinpoint on a module level anomaly, what's wrong with it within an hour. That's less than the time it would take a technician to go and, and do other typical inspections that they're going to have to do that the drone can't solve for. Exactly. They have a long laundry list of to-dos when they're doing the inspection. So while they do that, they can get the drone to get to work. And then once once they go back and then they know what kind of uh, repairs are needed. Give you a real life example. One of our clients was saying that one of the most important things that they look out for in the aerial inspection is uh, string failures. Because string failures uh, usually will affect up to 19 or 20 modules at a time. And those are the ones usually a quick fix because it's usually a burn fuse or something. They would take them like less than half an hour to fix. But then the efficiency gain from that is multiple. Wow, that's really powerful. I mean, what I heard you say just now is that because they can fix that string failure on site, the immediate efficiency gain is a multiple in the revenue compared to the time it would otherwise take to fix it. Or if they missed it altogether because they collected data and it went back to a home office that had to analyze it. 
I presume through all of this then that the flight is automated and therefore the technicians on site aren't having to do the, the flying themselves? Yes. So the flight is completely automated. It can be uh, programmed. The path can be programmed ahead of the time. And obviously, there's more smartness that we want to bring into the drone. And autom- uh, flight automation is just part of it. We are actually working on something, quote unquote, a secret project, meaning drone in a box solution where even taking out the drone or changing the battery will be automated in the future as well. It really becomes part of the technician's truck tool set. He wouldn't even notice it become part of his workflow process. And that's really what we want to get to. Yeah, I mean, I can envision a future where these drones have a dock on the back of the truck. The worker gets there and the drone automatically deploys and comes back to the truck without the worker having to do anything. I mean, this is a the, the robotic world we're moving into is fantastic. Well, Lance, let's get into some numbers here. Can we just look for a minute at the average cost or maybe the specific cost that you're seeing in O&M? Unpack this for me in terms of what you're seeing in the industry around average O&M costs and how your solution provides any sort of meaningful reduction to this. We really dug into the cost that makes up part of the O&M. And on average, utility scale solar sites, they average about $12 per kilowatt as the average O&M cost. And what that really means is that even we are able to improve using this process and technology by a dollar. It means that tens of millions of dollars savings for companies, including asset owners, or give you an example, including financiers. When we're seeing projects being developed, first steps, we're seeing that developers and financiers going onto their performa and going to 25 years out in terms of what's the O&M cost? What are the things that need to be done? And with our process, we're able to increase efficiency by 10x and saving the cost at the same time. They'll be able to tweak that number a little bit based on our data. That means hundreds of millions of dollars saving actually because of the size. Here's something that occurs to me. You know, right now, banks, when you're using new technology or, a, or a, maybe a tier two module provider, if they'll allow it, they'll require something like power guard, some sort of reinsurance to cover their asset, if you will. I wonder if insurance companies are going to get into the game here and begin to, I mean, I don't know, this is maybe outside of the realm of, of this conversation, but I just, it just occurs to me that at some point down the road, the financiers and insurance companies may in fact give discounts or require that some level of aerial inspection or, or AI is incorporated into a project so that they have, they can rest easy at night. You got on a really interesting point because exactly insurance company, they underwrite these projects. They want to know whether they can perform at the level that it was calculated and they had to put a premium on it. It's, I mean, I can think of a really vivid analogy. Think about like car insurance we buy. We often get discount for being a good driver. And I don't know if your car does it, but some insurance company like mine, they send me something that I had to, that I had to, I had to stuck underneath my steering wheel so they can track how fast or how, how much I press brake so that if I prove to be a good driver and they will lower my insurance premium. Right, the automatic, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what data speaks. Uh, I think I think that's a great analogy to use in this field and, and data is a driving force behind it. One of the things that I think about is a lot of our Suncast Solar Warriors are thinking about their own business or they are asking themselves, do I need to go to biz school? They're asking themselves like, how does this apply to me and my business? How do you feel like biz school prepared you for what you're doing now? I mean, you've got a lot of experience with a lot of different entrepreneurs. How could someone who, who hasn't been through that experience compare? I think what I really learned from business school is what it didn't really prepare me for, but I had to learn in the field, you know, like asking, what does one module difference make to the client? 
what does having the site, having the naming convention to be the same as the one that the technician has to go in the field out of half a million panels to find the right one mean to their customer experience? I think these are the things that the business school didn't really prepare me for, but an entrepreneurship and in terms of doing a startup and talking and understanding the clients and customers, what their, what their pain points are really uh, helped me, helped me for this. Fantastic, Lance. Well, we could talk for an hour or more as we have already offline about all of the many ways that you are aspiring to change the way the business is done in the solar industry. And certainly business school can't teach you that. But where can people find you, learn more about you? Uh, are you on LinkedIn or Twitter? Do you have a website? Just give us all your deets about how people can contact you. Sure, sure. Well, I am on LinkedIn. If you just search Lance Lee, last name is L-I, or Aerospec Technologies, we're very active on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn posts. And then my email is uh, just Lance, my first name, at aerospec.us, Aero. Uh, the name Aero is interesting. It's Aero, it means aerial and inspection. So A-E-R-O-S-P-E-C dot U-S. And our website is also just aerospec.us. If you had one ask from the Suncast community, how can we help? Is there something that you have that's a burning desire? And, and you know, you've got, the, you've got the floor for a minute just to, as an ask to the community. Sure. Well, I just, at first, I just want to thank you for bringing me on, on the podcast to share my story and to share what Aerospec is doing. And I think what I really feel excited about is seeing the growth in the industry and seeing all these innovations coming up. And I think the all the solo warriors out there, they are seeking, always seeking innovation solutions that can help to the business better. So if we can keep an open mind and just to see what this technology can does. We're always looking to do pilots and partnerships to different players in the industry and answer any questions they have. And if you're dubious, that's great. But if you don't try it, you will never know the answer. I can guarantee you'll be getting uh, inbound from folks like Matthew Britt and, and, and other listeners who are constant action takers reaching out to guests. So thank you for being on the show. I, I know that you did a podcast with Northwest Venture Club. Northwestern Venture Club. I'll, I'll link to that podcast for those of you who want more and you want to hear more about Lance and his company and his personal uh, story and, and his own growth. But Lance, we're really grateful for you and helping us unpack and understand a bit more drone deployment and AI for asset management. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Woo! All right. Well, Solar Warriors, that's a wrap and you are well armed for battle. If you enjoyed this conversation with Lance, consider sharing it with a friend, would you? It really makes a huge difference for us if you'd rate and review over on iTunes as well. If you want to learn how other developers are getting smart about harvesting the lost data on an operating solar plant using aerial inspection, computer vision, AI, and other fancy tricks, I'll be hosting a webinar with Lance and a few other experts on this topic in a few weeks. If you're subscribed to my mailing list, you'll be among the first to know. So be sure to keep an eye out for that announcement. You can join the mailing list, of course, at www.mysuncast.com. And while you're there, you can check out the backlog of 118 other phenomenal episodes. And you can learn more about our Suncast tribe. So I hope you'll take some time to check it out. Here's a little snippet from the next episode. We don't just work just with EPCs, but also with developers, IPPs. Uh, in fact, our, our core client base are those long-term owners of solar and storage assets. So be sure to tune in Thursday for the full episode of that conversation with my good buddy, Andy Klump. 
from being the first gringo at Trina Solar to raising a family of girls in Shanghai, and he has a rather unique vantage point of the rise and future of our industry, and I just loved this conversation. You know, he's a longtime member of the Suncast Energy Tribe and a part of my inner circle. He, like many of you, joined just as a way to say thank you for the show, and for that, I'm really eternally grateful. To all my current Suncast Tribe members, you rock, and I'm eternally grateful for you, too, and your patronage. You make Suncast better. You know, you could join them. Just go to mysuncast.com forward slash member. I look forward to formally welcoming you into the tribe as well, my friend. And thank you again for showing up. It's half the battle.